Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Richard Dunham from Ghibli Minute. And I'm Chieko Dunham, also from Ghibli Minute. This week, we're joined by a special guest, my sister. Melanie Greenberg of Pardaisy Reviews, a YouTube channel that reviews Indian cinema. Yes, and uh, so welcome to this nice fat podcast about a nice fat movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's like a Jimmy Durante oh, uh, maybe. impression that he's doing. <laughs> that happens in minute 73 of The Best Years of Her Lives, which we're talking about today. Minute 73 starts with Millie telling Al how often Mr. Milton has been calling. It's every day this week. And it ends with a kiss. Aww. Yeah, and he he's definitely, Al is definitely, by uh, Frederick March, is definitely not happy to be kind of pulled back into reality already. He's like, can't they give a guy... The line is something like, can't they give a guy a chance to get used to his family or something yeah. like that? And 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 that just kind of really stuck out to me that he he inadvertently is admitting that he's having an, uh, you know, an issue getting used to his family again. So, um, but also, yeah, he's not given any kind of a vacation. It's like, come in now, come in immediately, start your life immediately. Yeah, there's no break for him at all. What's your take on this uh, on this minute, Chieko? Me. Yes. As a uh, as a, a half Japanese Yes, as someone person. who holds Yeah. Yeah. A as someone, Japanese passport. <laughs> someone who holds both an American and Japanese passport. As yes. someone who is a part of both sides, I suppose. My take? Yeah. Um I he says last year it was kill all Japs. <laughs> And this year, it's, this year it's make money, make money, make money. Um, I, I can't, I can't like argue against it. I suppose because it is of the time. It is the language that they were using to refer to the enemy. Mm-hmm. I suppose, and um, I. It's not fun to hear. Um, <laughs> um, especially. I mean, I took an advanced U.S. history class and watched news reportings from that time of mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor, of Hiroshima. It's it's just kind of very casually out there. Yeah. But it's... I don't... Japanese people aren't as discriminated against as other groups minority groups i would say but it's still like so i don't hear stuff like this a lot or i don't experience name calling like this or anything like that so like every time i hear it it's really jarring (laughs) i'm always like oh right that word exists (laughs) oh and it's just he's a veteran he's speaking from his side that would be the language he is using it's not above him or beneath him it's I guess expected. Well, he he kind of uses it dismissively too. Yeah, so it's kind of. I mean, the way that he he says it's on a par with make money. With I mean, make, the yeah. way that he there's like a poison in his <laughs> his voice when he says make money. Uh, you know, he. 
I kind of get the feeling from this that he thinks they're both ridiculous pursuits. Yeah, he they're both just jobs. Yeah. I'd say it's not necessarily that he I don't get the impression that he has that deep-seated hate that some veterans have for of World War II for Japanese people. It's very it's the point of the line is to emphasize how he feels he's being pulled in all directions by what other people want he's just like of him and machine. he's really like exhausted of it and just wants like a day to just not be a cog in that machine mm. yeah so that's the point of the line i would say <laughs> this i mean i talked the last minute about you know this sergeant character and uh, the comparative roles of burt lancaster in from here to eternity or sean penn in the thin red line this really reminded me of, at one point in The Thid Red Line, Sean Penn has this line, this is all about property. Yeah. It's it, just because of property. Yeah. It's kind of that same cynicism of, yeah. why are we doing this? It's, it's uh, today it's kill, today, tomorrow it's make money. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I don't know if you remember, Richard, we had one sort of in-law at, uh, our grandfather's second wife's funeral. There was, um, our uncle's sister was there, Uncle Jim's sister. And so we're talking 20 years ago, okay, but longer than that. But she, it was the first time I had heard someone use that derogatory Jap word. And I, and I was just so like taken aback and it, um, so this was in the South, yeah. <laughs> I should say preface, mm-hmm. but it is jarring to hear. And it's like, it, you think about how it was commonplace and, and the lingo of that time. And it's really jarring to hear it now. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't have racism now, but as you say, it said, Chico, racism against Japanese people now in our country is not the same as it is for other minorities, but it's, it is it is one of the most jarring lines of this movie for a modern ear. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, the most jarring scene for me to watch was Al's interaction with his son. And his son starts asking about Hiroshima and Al brings that, takes out this sword. Yeah, and the flag too, yeah. <laughs> and the flag. And I, just, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh wow. <laughs> like. Yeah, it was like a, a Japanese flag that had Japanese writing on it that different family members or something had written on it. And it, the, the son doesn't really want to take either of those things. That was sort of interesting. He He's uncomfortable, like, taking the sword and the flag and it's kind of like, oh, cool. Thanks, Dad. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of that scene is like his son is more, his in- ass about the radiation. Mm-hmm. He's like more interested in the future. Yeah. And uh, I was like, is all the misery <laughs> the last couple of years I went through, is that the is... past already that we should just yeah. forget about? Or, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, his. it's also that his boy isn't as macho as he thought his son would be, you know, because he, he kind of shows off his war finds, I guess, as kind of like, you know, you would expect a, a young boy to be interested in weapons, interested in destruction, but his yeah. son does not have that interest at all. So there's that misunderstanding, too. Yeah, I wonder, do you think his son had that mindset, like, when he left? Maybe. I mean, 
yeah, if you're maybe of the time, if you're a young boy and your dad is going to be a a soldier, that's like, that's like bragging rights at school, you know, like my dad's in the army. Right. Or like interested in all the different kind of planes and all that kind of things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, it definitely, yeah, that was an an awkward, an awkward moment. Like here's this, uh, you know, samurai sword and. You know, here's this bloody flag. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. <laughs> do you remember, uh, speaking of uh, interest in planes, do you remember, Melanie, at our dad's house in uh, Missouri, where he grew up, They, uh, we found, and I think we brought it back to our house, this uh, black rubber plane. It was like a, a World War II plane, but it was totally in black rubber. And I remember our dad telling me, oh, yeah, they this was kind of used to treat to teach you the silhouettes of the different planes uh, mm. like you didn't need to know oh, like all wow. the details mm-hmm. but you know just yeah. because it's just black so you could kind of learn what plane which if you looked up in the sky and saw a plane which one are you looking at mm-hmm. that makes sense oh wow no i don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> what is up with the are those like fake plants or vines on the on the back of the, you know, the the brick. It looks like it's it. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know if they're like curtains or there's like a little trellis. Like a, yeah, with... it sort of looks like a little trellis. Yeah. It's very weird. And then we get a, a better look at some of the, fur- there it looks like there's like wicker furniture here, which makes me, which reinforces my idea that this is like a sunroom kind of area. Mm. Yeah, it, it feels like it too because the doors that are in this room are like open panel see-through french French doors so when he says i'm thinking about the other guys i mean i thought he was gonna say the guys who didn't make it but that's not what he says he says i'm thinking about the guys who haven't got you Mm. Mm. who don't have that love and support yeah i guess so i don't like fred i guess fred um Homer Parish. Yeah, I, I mean, when they when they dropped off Homer, the, the veteran who is the amputee who doesn't have hands, they stay in the taxi to watch mm. his reunion with his family and with the girl next door, Wilma. And it's like they're worried about him and they're wanting to see what reception he's going to get. And they're noting that Homer is hesitant to hug his girl, you know, mm-hmm. that he yeah. had from be- be the before times. And so, yeah, and there's also other veterans that didn't have a girl or a wife and they're coming home and they are going to have parents that don't understand how to deal with them. Well, the same way we saw Homer's parents, just the, the mother's trying to be supportive, but she bursts into tears at the sight of her son with hooks for hands. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't know how I would react as a mother in that moment either, you know? Like, I don't know if I could keep it together and not break down. So, yeah, I mean, Al is Al is lucky, but he's also probably thinking about other veterans that may not have a job to come back to as well. So, but yeah, there's kind of a lot in, a lot in that sentence, but he's not, you're right, he's not saying about his fellow soldiers that didn't make it. Yeah. He's, still, he's thinking about all the ones that are coming home. Yeah, and there's, it kind of reinforces the, I guess, message or overall theme of this movie in that you're, you, 
want to think about the ones who did come back more than like because they need the help hmm. they did not perish in the war which is very thankful like that's very lucky of them but they still do there's still a lot to do for them you know so you should put your effort towards grieving but a lot of effort also needs to be put towards helping these so i feel like that line also holds that overall theme of the movie pretty nicely when i watched this movie just recently uh for this project and it's kind of underlined here a lot of this movie is women taking care of men <laughs> yeah right so yeah. when you would say hey veterans need support we need this and that like al giving that loan is the only instance of where a man is helping a another man, man. Is giving that support well, I don't. I don't think that's completely true because you have. I guess you got Butch. in the next minute that we're going to talk oh, yeah, about. It, well, there's there's Butch, but also there's the pharmacist, Mr. Bullard, that was the former employer mm -hmm. and who makes sure that Fred talks to the right. manager, even if he says he doesn't want to come back to work there. He makes sure that he does talk to him. So. But yeah, I mean, one thing that I was also thinking about, I mean, besides the line, oh, now they want me to make money, is that this is in 1946. From here where we stand in 2020, we know there was a huge economic boom post-war. But all of these characters and the filmmakers themselves, that wasn't yeah. a sure thing, mm -hmm. probably, right? Yeah, in 1946. Yeah, you hear about this, it not wasn't this week, but the next week, yeah, you hear his Mr. Milton like give a little speech about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just, it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, obvious that the country would completely recover and it, and it was uh, difficult. You had all of these people returning home and having to be reintegrated into the workforce. There weren't, in 1946, there weren't necessarily enough jobs to go around. I, you know, the economy kept expanding, expanding. At the end of this movie, Fred's character starts to work for, the housing yep. industry, because then there was a housing boom, building family homes for everyone. But, you know, what? so they reference it a little bit, but these characters didn't know what was to come, you know, that it would be all be okay. Yeah. Nice dovetail into L.A. Noir. I don't know if you guys played that game. Like I definitely plot. watched you play it. <laughs> it was like the central plot <laughs> is like a scandal, like somebody's... Uh, building vo homes for world war ii veterans and like they're they're like uh, pulling off a big scam around that but yeah yeah i definitely watched yeah. you play L.A. Yeah. noir so, yeah it's a good yeah a good follow-up to this movie would be playing that play LA noir. <laughs> on the playstation 3 yeah <laughs> uh so and then he said the other i think the key line of this minute he says i'm too sane for my own good what do you guys think that means? Mm. Well, I mean, Al, I guess, like, not just in, like, what he's coming to home to is kind of, he doesn't show signs of any PTSD like Fred does, and he ha is all intact, unlike Homer. So, I don't know, I guess, like, the war didn't make him go crazy, and he kind of wishes it did, or something like that. I don't know if he wishes it did, but, like, I'm too... He has this worldly view now instead of just the perspective of a banker. Now he also has that perspective of mm. going to war, fighting a war, working with all sorts of people and not just those like him in the banking industry. So, so how would we how would he be better off if he were less sane? 
he'd be on the same page as his boss more. Yeah. So there wouldn't be as much of a, um, when he is working in the bank and when he is giving out that loan, there isn't as much of a, if he did not have that perspective, he would not be as torn as to whether or not to give that farmer boy a loan. He'd be a better cog. Yeah, he he would be a better cog, yes. <laughs> if he didn't have a conscience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little too too self-aware of, as Chieko said, of a more wider perspective. And um, it makes it harder to listen to some of the people who just stayed at home in this town and have never experienced anything in the wider world, much less outside of the city limits of Boone City. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I do think he's affected and it, and maybe it's, he's not, he doesn't have something, you know, the physical out, outward appearance of, of Homer with missing hands. He probably feels there's something missing within himself that it's hard to connect, but he probably always is like, well, I'm not as bad as that person, or I'm right. not as bad mm-hmm. as that person who's wake, waking up with nightmares every night. And just alcohol was such you know, a more accepted uh, tranquilizer yeah. or whatever. I mean, he that that's his him self medicating. He kind of makes a joke of it earlier in this in these minutes when he's you know he's complaining about losing weight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, anything else to say about Al and Millie? This is our last minutes mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. I kind of think this. Besides the company dinner, this is kind of their. This three minutes is kind of the highlight of the film for their relationship. And then the company dinner, we see them, see her really admire him for what he stands up to, to say. But other than that, it's it's more them talking about their daughter's yeah. issue or whatever. This is kind of like the last um, real connection moment between the two of them, just about yeah, themselves. Yeah, not about yeah, somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Melanie, can you, can you come back tomorrow to talk about Fred? And the drugs. I'm anxious to come back and talk about Fred and that the yeah, drugstore. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, listeners, listen up, listeners. Yes, listeners, you can find the Best Minute Podcast wherever you found this episode, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you, that's true. If this, if you found come, this, come back to it. Yeah, come back to it on again. the thumb yeah. drive in the park. Maybe <laughs> check on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google's platform, or at the main site at thebestminutes.com. Social media, if you want to uh, talk to other people about this movie, about this podcast, you can go to Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook. Or you can uh, tweet and follow at uh, The Best Minutes on Twitter. And uh, listeners, please come back tomorrow for another episode of The Best Minutes Podcast. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.